This is Matthew and Mikey on ESPN Sports Radio 1300. Welcome back. Hour number three. And now it's going to get really fun. In 1967, my brother Mitchie and I, every Saturday during basketball practice, would look over in the stands and there was a young assistant coach sitting with my dad, with our dad, almost every Saturday. And he wanted us to go to Rutgers. His name was Jim Valvano. <laughs> Boy, that was a long time ago. Uh, I've been, I've said this, uh, I've been lucky enough to know this family for a very long time and I could not love them more. And that includes Bob Valvano, our buddy up in Louisville, uh, who joins our network every Friday. Uh, he's with ESPN Louisville. And of course, fast break Friday with Mike Pratt right here every Friday afternoon from two to four. Uh, and Bob joins us right now. Hi, Bobby boy. Matthew, how are you, my friend? I, 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 I can tell that, you know, I, I love that. Because only a brother could call a brother Nicky. You know, I, I would not refer to your brother as Nicky, but you can do that because that's in family, too. We were Nicky and Jimmy and Bobby. That's yeah, that's the way it is. Of course, we love talking to you, and we love that we get to hear you every Friday uh, down here, around here. But this is a very special time uh for the V Foundation, uh, starting yesterday all the way through December 8th. Why don't you talk for a minute about the foundation? Well, you know, very quickly, it was founded, as you know, the, the history when the Jim was sick in the last month of his life. Um, he was finding out just how little money is really, unfortunately, allocated to cancer research. From, from uh, When he got sick, in terms of real dollars, if you adjust for inflation, there was no more money being put into cancer research than was in 1975, and yet half a million people die of cancer every year. And you know this, you're an athlete. Anybody who played knows and coached, you, you don't like to just look at a game and say, oh, well, there's nothing we can do about that. Right. <laughs> there's got to be something we can do. Go zone, go man, go small, press, crap, maybe play a 3-2, play a triangle, do, do something. But uh, So that's how he felt. How do we make money for research? And ESPN teamed up with him, and the V Foundation was started explicitly with the purpose of putting money in the hands of the doctors to do research. And um, I'm amazed and humbled that, you know, the walks of life in which people have stepped up to make donations, it's not just a basketball thing or a college basketball thing. I mean, we've gotten support from uh, all the sports and from showbiz, and and, and frankly, there's no getting around it. It has only made the literally hundreds of millions of dollars it's raised because of ESPN's involvement, and uh, they have, not only uh, talk the talk, they walk the walk. They give this whole week of uh, you know programming is centered mm-hmm. around the, the V Foundation and Jimmy V, and they give a whole day of radio programming, entire day. They do an entire broadcast day just to raise money for the V Foundation. I mean, who does that? But nobody does. Nobody. That. And uh, so it's very touching and humbling, and we like to think we're using that money very prudently. We are. We as a foundation get a four star rating from Charity Navigator, which means that. You know, they evaluate how prudent you are with your money and how much bang for the buck you're getting and how carefully you spend that money and something we've taken very much to heart. And so we've gotten the money in the hands of the scientists who are making uh, a difference. And um, it's, it's, it's amazing because there's still so much to do. But when I look back, how much actually we have already done, and uh, it's, it's really uh, inspiring. And that's the one thing that keeps me going. You know this. I know, you know, you will... You, I don't know how you felt about Jim, too. Well, you can imagine 
how I did as yep. a brother, and so I miss him tremendously. But there's a part of me that thinks, well, you know, hopefully this what's not going to be a, a death in vain. It's going to lead to helping save other people's lives, and that's what keeps me going. Well, I said yesterday I was talking about it, and tomorrow or tonight. It's, when it, yes, tonight at 7. It's tonight at 7. They're going to replay Jimmy's speech again. Uh, and that night, we all remember that night and watching it. And when he made the announcement, when he said, when he announced the for- formation of the V Foundation for Cancer Research, and everybody applauded, to think that at this point now, uh, $200 million in research grants, $24 million this year alone, and 100% of the donations go directly to cancer research from that moment when he announced it on the stage i get chills just talking about it well and you know i say this with great affection especially if you've seen us because i was one of the people he asked me and my my other brother nick and as well as you know um celebrity kinds of people Mm -hmm. we had all sorts of coaches and even showbiz people on that first initial board and Matthew, you should have seen the first meetings. I mean, we were oh. like kids in a high school, like, <laughs> hey, what do you want to do? How about we have a bazaar? Let's have a carnival. You know, nobody knew anything about it. And we were so nervous about not spending the money poorly that for a long time we would never pull the trigger and, and spend it at all because we didn't want anybody claiming, well, you know, they're being awfully cavalier with this money. And we actually got in trouble with that. That's a, I mean, it's not an embarrassing thing, but it was a, about a rude awakening about I, I remember it was the first year or the second year you remember when we used to have the golf tournament down in north carolina yeah <laughs> uh, the celebrity golf tournament and bob lloyd was there my brother's old roommate yep was his uh, teammate at rutgers and was uh on our board and they were holding a press conference and uh you know we had raised i don't know how much we raised we raised over a, a few million dollars that first year i think and we didn't really spend any of it because as i said we were so nervous about misspending it and the media grilled him. I mean, just cured <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> him. It was like, you can't tell people you're raising money for research and then not spending on research. Where's this money going? Why haven't you spent it? Why haven't you funded anything? <laughs> and he got out of it. He was soaked and wet. And we were like, oh, my God, we thought we were being careful. And we learned, you know, we better yeah. get on the stick with where we give it. And we put together a scientific review committee of scientists from Sloan Kettering in New York and the Duke University Hospital and, uh, MB Anderson, and then we have uh, put together a, a a system we've used ever since, which yep. is targeting the best young scientists in the country and getting money into their hands so they can get their research started. And um, it's been really exciting to see some of the work they've done. Tell the truth, Bob. Don't give Uh-oh. up. Don't <laughs> ever give up. One of the great, one of the great speeches of all time. One of the great. I don't want to call it a catchphrase, but I, I don't. I don't know the proper word to use. Does it irk you a little bit that? You may never come up with anything as great as don't give up, don't ever give up, and your brother's always going to be known for that? No. Fortunately, I love them so much. It's a way it keeps them alive for me. So, But I will tell you the truth, if you want to know the, the truth of it. When I watched the speech and he made the statement, you know, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's the motto. He said, you know, we started the Jimmy D. Foundation for Cancer Research, and here's the big moment, and he says, and, the, and its motto is don't give up, don't ever give up. I thought to myself, 
That's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I absolutely did. It crossed my mind. I said, well, that, that's the big moment. That's what we waited for. We got to don't give up. Don't ever give up. What the hell is that? And, um, you know, that's why he was smarter than I was. Because, uh, Perfect you know, answer. It's on T-shirts. People quoted. And that was the thing that was amazing is, you know, after he passed, my goodness, we got letters literally, it sounds like a you know cliche, but literally mailbags brought into his house with people that would, were, were rallying behind that phrase that, frankly, didn't have anything to do with cancer. You know, my, I just lost my job, my, my wife left me, and I was laying in bed just thinking my life was over, and I watched your brother, or it was what sent to me or to Jim, when I watched you give that speech knowing what you were facing, and you're not giving up, and I'm not going to give up now either, and it was, I mean, the letters would make you cry your eyes out, but yes, everyone rallied around. In fact, I asked him, and said, why are you so determined to keep going to work? I mean, he was so sick, I'm not kidding you, he would be in the morning just absolutely puking his guts out, and, and, and then he would be on the set that night doing studio work for ESPN, I was like, I mean, why, why is it that important to be talking about Pitt, West Virginia on a Tuesday? What is the big deal? <laughs> he said, because when I don't show up, they get the switchboard lights up in Bristol from cancer patients mm-hmm. who are taking inspiration in my fight with their fight, so I, I owe it to them try and get to work. So Amazing. Life goes on even when you have cancer. And so, again, he was uh, very wise to do that. And so don't give up. Don't ever give up. It's been, you know, listen, it's not immodest because I didn't have anything to do with it as you just quickly pointed out. Um, <laughs> so, but I mean, it is, it's Lou Gehrig. It's, uh, yeah, I yes. I myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth and uh, don't give up. Don't ever give up. I don't know. There's probably two of the most famous sports speeches maybe in history. That's, that's some Paul Cotton right there. Absolutely. It really is. Um, Anybody that's listening, and you'll hear more about this uh, as we go all the time, but especially up till December 8th, uh, you can go to v.org, the, just the initial v.org. And we got some coming up as well. We got the Jimmy V Basketball Classics, two of them. You know, it's really, it's too bad you don't have anything going on in the garden on uh, December 5th. Syracuse, Yukon, and Gonzaga, Villanova. That kind of sucks. Uh, I've, we've been lucky enough, you, you know, Matthew, yeah. I guess, the, your, hopefully your state carries it. I mean, I do those games with Mark Kestisher for the ESPN radio. Yes. I've done them for, oh, I guess, about 10 years now. And it's just so great because most of the coaches, I can't say all of them, but most of them have had some sort of personal experience with Jim and yeah. you get to visit. And um, it's great basketball. And this one, I mean, obviously around here, we're all excited about SEC basketball or ACC basketball, but. It's kind of a throwback to the. It's like an ACC. It's like a Big East doubleheader. I mean, Gonzaga's crashing the party, but what the hell? They're a Catholic school too. So yeah. Kind of, you know, associated <laughs> by, by relation. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Those schools all bring a lot of fans, and it should be a great atmosphere in the gardens. I'm really looking forward to it. And we got Notre Dame, UConn. The women are playing on uh, December third on Sunday. Uh, and you know, you mentioned the golf tournament, and uh, in all the years that I was acting, I was incredibly blessed to play all over in celebrity golf tournaments but every single year at the jimmy v my memories of and so we don't have enough time now but sometime i'll tell you uh about the time mitchell and i after jimmy had recruited us 20 years later seeing him in hilton head and how that whole thing went down it's just unbelievable and the jimmy v was one of the great tournaments ever anyway yeah it was 
Well, since you guys took a little poke at me about I'll never come up with anything as good as a bucket on time of let me jab back a little bit. Uh, you know, talk about my, you talk about the whole country, how Jim was recruiting you for your basketball prowess. Yeah, I like well, this. Should, I make the you, insult and you get the hit. Yeah, all right, go ahead. Yeah, you should, yeah. you should know that uh, when he was on Long, when my brother Nick was a high school coach on Long Island, he called Jim about uh, a, a player there. He said, yeah, Jim, I think he's a kid you should come and see. I think he's a, a, got a chance to be a pretty good player. And Jimmy said, who is he? And uh, Nick said, his name is Julius Serving. And Jim said, Julius Serving, was he a Jewish kid? What is, who's Julius Serving? And so uh, they actually, instead of Julius Serving, he said, Barry Stolman. He took uh, Barry Stolman. So Julius Serving went on to be a little bit better player than Barry. So, yeah. again, yeah. And that really is not fair. You're right. Sean insulted me, and then I fired back. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, I, I'm totally disgusted with Sean yeah, for that whole thing. I was out of line. Really? Yeah. Apologize yeah. to Bob. I'm, I'm sorry, Bob. Thank you. Uh, really? <laughs> real quickly, because you just brought this up, Mitchell and I, 20 years after the whole high school thing with Jimmy sitting, and, and well, the reason we fell in love with him right away was because of my dad. I mean, he sat with my dad every Saturday at practice, and it was just, I never will lose that. But 20 years later, we showed up at Hilton Head to play in the golf tournament there, and we looked at the table, and Jimmy and PJ and Bayheim and I think Calhoun was there, but mostly it was it was Bo and PJ and Jimmy, and okay. they were sitting there on a Friday night at the party, and they'd had a few drinks. And Mitchell and I talked about whether we would he remember us, would Jimmy remember us, and we didn't know PJ at the time, so we walked over to the table and we said we just wanted to say hi, you know. Uh, uh, we don't know if you remember us or who we are. And Jimmy says, D- I don't remember you. He said, how many white Jewish twins do you think I recruited? <laughs> <laughs> and so PJ said, wait a minute, you recruited these guys? And Jimmy said, yeah. He said, where'd you go to school? We said, Hewlett High School. And PJ said, on Long Island? Yeah. He said, what year did you graduate? We said, 68. He said, wasn't there a guy named Julius Irving playing on Long Island? And Jimmy, Jimmy said, yeah. And PJ said, and you recruited these two guys? <laughs> it was, yeah. I, I will never forget that night. I really will never forget that night. He had, you know, I, very quickly, I, I, I will just tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. When, when oh, I, go. When he passed, when he passed the, you know, I went to the, the funeral, and, and I loved that this, it was almost as if he orchestrated this, and I think you'll appreciate how I mean it. They had a, it was a closed casket. They had a big picture of him, and then there was the, all the people lined up down the aisle, out the door. I mean, it was, they were, and they were all waiting to pay their respects. And I was sitting with the family up in the front, and I turned and looked at the line, and there was like, you know, Mike Krzyzewski talking to, I don't know, some other big names, Roy Williams, whoever might have been there. And then behind him, some guy who just got off the ship like at Wendy's, you know, the big Texas thing. <laughs> yeah. And he would have loved that because that's exactly what he was all about. I, and I always admired him about that. He always appreciated if he was around the, the famous, uh, uh, you know, I'll never forget he called me from the green room in, in the, at the Letterman show one night because he was, you know, cause he knew I'd get a kick out of that. Yeah. He, did too. He, he wasn't blasé about meeting those people. But he never felt they were more important to meet them than it was the guy who just got off the ship that was. Right. And I was, I was, I mean, I, I remember he was coaching Iona, and I was still in college, and I went to go see him, and the game ended, and this was kind of what I did. He was always on, so he was always talking. They'd won, 
and he had like I don't know maybe fifteen people in his office. Yeah. I just I would wait everybody out because I wanted to have some one on one time. So there were like fifteen people, and then there were like ten, and then it was like eight. And I remember Dave Sims was there. Dave Sims, the guy now broadcast. Oh yeah. For the Mariners. Yeah. He was writing for the New York paper at the time, and he was there. And so he said, "I got a deadline, Jimmy. I got to go." It was like. I don't know, almost midnight now, it's like 1231, it's down to like three people, five people, then then three people, then just one guy. One guy, me, and Jimmy. And this guy, Jimmy's bringing out the A-list stuff, and the guy's doubled over, he's laughing, and he goes for like 45 minutes, it's finally like almost 2 o'clock in the morning. And finally the guy says, I gotta go, V, thanks, that was great. And he gets up, and Jimmy shakes his hand, slaps him on the back, and the guy goes out the door, and I said to Jim, who was that? He said, I don't know, he was here when I got here. <laughs> and he said, he said he at 2 o'clock in the morning the guy was there. I mean, so that's how he was. That is so perfect. That is yep. so perfect. All right. Uh, there's so much we would love to talk to you about, the whole Louisville thing and the football game. And, and uh, by the way, uh, I've, I've watched Louisville basketball a little bit so far, and i got to give some props to David Padgett. I think he's doing a really good job. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you could have taken a guy who's been a head coach for 20 years and plopped him in all this chaos yeah. and, and, he, and not have handled it as well as he has. He's been great. The kids respect him. They're playing hard for him. Mm-hmm. He's dealt with the media very well. He put together a pretty good staff considering he had a fine guy in the middle of September. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and he's put together, you know, two guys who've been very good coaches and then nice guys and uh, he's going to be a very good coach, whether it's here or if he goes somewhere else. I mean, I don't know if they'll keep him at the end of the year or mm-hmm. not, but he's going to be a good coach. He comes from a family of coaches. He gets it, and I agree with you. I think he's handled a really messy situation about as well as he can handle it. Well, uh, we can't thank you enough for taking some time. We're going to keep talking about this, uh, as we always do, right up through December 8th, and uh, do as much as we can to help here. We love having you on on Fridays here, and I hope I actually get to see you sometime soon. That would be yeah, great. Yeah, me too. Well, and, you know, we get some real things. December 29th. You got my number? Call me. We'll, we'll talk again. Okay. Thanks, you Bob. Come join, you can come join Mike and I on Fast Break Friday one week. We'd love that. Do I that. would love that. There you go. I have one quick one for you, uh, Bob. Have you turned down Tennessee yet? <laughs> my cousin Nunzio just turned down. <laughs> I don't know. I, I got my text earlier. I, I said I, I was too busy with this radio. Yeah, thing, we've so. been having fun with this today with that oh, whole what thing. A, what an absolute train wreck. That's, oh, that's boy. unbelievable. And are people, mean, we couldn't be happier around here, just so you know. <laughs> I'm sure the people are not exactly heartbroken about it. It is a dumpster fire. All right. Well, we love you, Bobby. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Bob. All right, guys. It was great to be with you. Thanks. You Thanks, man. See you. Bob Valvano. ESPN in Louisville. Those are some great, I mean... I tell you what, he's, he's, a, he's a storyteller. Oh, so, so Valvano guy. He's a Valvano. Yeah. I'm telling you. Nick, who is the oldest of the brothers, mm-hmm. uh, I believe. I could be wrong, but I, maybe Jimmy was the oldest. I don't really remember. But um, Nick is has that in him. But Bob and Jimmy were the were the two. I mean, he's, a, he's just a wonderful guy, and he's really good at what he does, Bob. And yeah. we're happy to have him here on friday absolutely all right we'll take a break when we come back another one of our favorites gina thomas uh from sb nation will join us we'll talk some nfl maybe i'll mention eli (laughs) (laughs) maybe i haven't decided yet you know the jaguars they're doing good bring up jack whatever are you playing this because of me
Do you think I'm dazed and confused? Is that how you view me? <laughs> I right. think it's a statement on the Giants' well, management. I couldn't really read his reaction because I'm a little dazed and confused. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. It's ESPN Sports Radio. 1300.